Yo, 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 you people out there. It's your man LD back at it again, talking into the ears of the loving El Disciples of the world. Normally, I start my podcast off uh, with a cold open, talking about something that I'm not going to be talking about during the podcast, but we have no time for that today. Because last weekend was su- 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 super wild card weekend. And now this weekend is ra- 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 regular divisional round weekend. And I've got a very special guest. Joining me and producer Nick this weekend is my friend, my enemy. He is a co-host of the Rams Brothers podcast and a diehard Los Angeles Rams fan, Nick Vespi. Nick, how are we doing? I'm I'm good, 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 great, Lucas. And I didn't know we were sponsored by Sesame Street this week, but uh, yeah, you know, go Grover. Uh, he's a Rams fan. I love the Rams. I'm really excited for Saturday. We got news that Goff is officially starting, being backed up by Blake Bortles. So I, I mean, I want Goff to start, so I'm happy with that. I'm sure we'll get into that. Just saw that too. Gonna be a real shame. Goff gets taken down under that frozen grass early in that game. Oh. We'll see, boy. Yeah, we're, we'll we're going to get into the Rams and in the Packers and into a lot of other things very shortly. But first, we're going to start with looking back at last week, first round of the playoffs. Nick had a game to, to kind of talk on. I obviously, Packers being the top seed in the NFC. I was a little bored last weekend. You know, I had the feet up. I was I was taking a look at the upcoming opponents, praying to God it wouldn't be the Rams, so I wouldn't have to record <laughs> this podcast. But <laughs> we'll get to the Rams second off because I got it written down in uh, chronological order here. First, we had uh, Indianapolis versus Buffalo. What do we think of that game, gentlemen? We have, we have anything that standed out to us? I really, I thought Indy was going to win. Honestly, going I, uh, in or during? Are we saying? Going in, I really liked Indy. Uh, I don't know. Buffalo doesn't scream magic to me, honestly. I don't think they're as good as everybody thinks they are. Producer Nick, I know you're a little more Buffalo-oriented. What what do you got to say? How would you feel this weekend? I like Buffalo a lot. I I love Josh Allen. He's so fun to watch. I I enjoy watching Buffalo. I I don't know. That game was closer than I thought it was going to be. So I, I don't know what that speaks to for next weekend. Yeah, to be honest, I'm a big believer that like teams have to kind of get, uh, uh, like uh, make the playoffs to then be good in the playoffs. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like, like I kind of thought last year would be like Buffalo's first time dipping their toes into the water, and this year they'd be much more of a force in the playoffs. Mm-hmm. But I wasn't overtly impressed with what I saw at all. They just did not look uh, kind of to have that that uh, uh, finishing factor, sort of that bloodthirsty kind of kind of way to end that game. They kind of let Indy stay in it a little too much and. I got to be honest, I'm not big on Phillip Rivers this year, so I'm a little nervous to see what Lamar Jackson's going to do to them this weekend. If I'm Buffalo, I'm honestly terrified for next week because I know you have Josh Allen, and I know he's a mobile quarterback, Mm -hmm. um, and he's probably a little more precise than Lamar. But when your running game is solid, you have so much more ability as a mobile quarterback like Lamar does. And and Buffalo doesn't have a really good running game. So – I, I really like the Ravens in that matchup. And Vegas only has them at, what, plus two and a half? Yeah. So I, I think uh, Ravens money line is, uh, is the big play of the week. Yeah, uh, I love the Ravens as one of my uh, teasing teams for this weekend, too. This week when you have four games out there is really the last time of the year you're going to look to try to get like a, a three-team teaser going. I definitely like adding some points uh, uh, to the Ravens. I just think that the Ravens, they kind of have a better front 
front seven, you know what I mean? Whereas obviously uh, Tredavious White, guys like Micah Hyde in the secondary, Buffalo doesn't have a bad defense by any means, but I think to see the Ravens winning uh, kind of up at the line of scrimmage defensively. And I guess, I guess we'll bring the Ravens into this. Now we had Ravens, Tennessee, the Ravens sort of got, got that monkey off their back. You know, the Titans embarrassed them in the playoffs last year, I believe beat them in the regular season this year too. Uh, I think that was a good win for, for Buffalo or uh, ah, sorry, Baltimore, especially because they started the game down a bit, you know, uh, they, yeah, they were down 10, nothing. nothing then immediately threw an interception. So that game could have gotten away from them real fast. The fact that it didn't makes me not as nervous about that running offense getting behind early and makes me feel like they're a little bit more here to play this uh, this this playoff season. What do you think of the Ravens, Nick? I really like the Ravens. Um, they kind of snuck in there at the very end. Everybody thought it was going to be Miami. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, they had a really good ending of their season. Uh, yeah, I uh, I think – I mean, nobody wants to hear this, but I really think the Ravens can go all the way. I mean, toe-to-toe, really? to to, toe, they're going to put any team – in a huge debacle on defense and on offense. Um, it's kind of one of those teams where it's like, if they have the ball last and they're down four, I'm, I'm riding with them. You know what I mean? It's like, it's going to be a kind of flow of the game kind of thing with them. I really, really like the Ravens right now, especially after coming back 10, nothing and having that narrative narrative of like, mm-hmm. Oh my God, he's never won a playoff game facing yeah. that adversity and then winning that game. Absolutely love them this week against Buffalo. A lot of weight off their back. And I just think, you know, I, I was impressed with the way Buffalo or uh, Baltimore won that game last week. And this speaks to the Rams, too. So we'll talk to this later. I think, you know, the type of team that suffers sometimes in the regular season, but always really pulls together hard in the playoffs, you're looking at defense, especially in the front seven, and a running game. That, that is the formula, you know, like, like, like. Take, take this Packers-Rams game uh, this weekend. Packers, favorites, they're at home. They had the better regular season win. But the Rams have that formula, and I'm sure we'll get into this more, where if they if they get the ball first and they're running the ball, eating up that clock, they get a stop on, on the Packers' first possession. Suddenly, you know, you take that great quarterback like a Josh Allen, like an Aaron Rodgers, they don't, they don't have the ball in their hands. They don't have the time. You know what I'm saying? So I could definitely see the Ravens getting some of those big stops and then just dominating the clock and the play uh, time of possession at the run game, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you're absolutely right. Those are the two things that travel well. And when you're a wild card team, you have a good defense, you have a good running game. It doesn't really matter where you are. Yeah. So let's, let's take that into Rams Seahawks, Nick. Uh, I'll let you take that away uh, in a second here. It's your moment to shine going up against a divisional rival in the playoffs. I just personally want to say, you know, as, as good of a, as a Russell Wilson type is uh, the Rams were my top underdog team to win uh, the first week of the playoffs. You, you can never go all chalk. All three of us are betters here too. There's nothing scarier than the first week of the playoffs when you just want to bet all the favorites. You know what I mean? Yeah, because, it's a know, terrible that, that idea. Happen. But uh, yeah, no, the Rams, they they have that front seven, or they have that defense, to be honest, but especially that defensive line and that pass rush. Uh, I, I, I liked them signing Leonard Floyd a lot going into this offseason. Um, I think he's been a big uh, producer for them next to Aaron Donald, giving them a guy on the outside. But, you know, the Rams, they, they've got the offensive line and, and the running backs and that scheme with McVay. Uh, I, I don't think McVay never was with uh, Shanahan, right? But they're just both. No, he was. He oh, was. was it, he? Shanahan was the offensive coordinator in Washington. Mm-hmm. LaFleur was the quarterback coach. And McVay was the uh, tight end coach. So okay. they all come. they all come from that Washington tree together. From Shanahan, that like you know, I, I'm not I'm not intelligent enough of a football guy to explain this all to you, but I know Shanahan and that tree with Lafleur and with McVeigh as well. They know how to run the ball. 
They know how to yeah. scheme runs. You know what I mean? They know how to do, they know how to make opportunities in the run game and not just run the ball blindly. Nick, take the floor away. Your big win this past week. Get get all the hits in there. Go ahead. Just just going off that, like, like you know how to run the ball and, and you know how to scheme it well. That that is just going to open up so much more on the field. And it's going to give Goff a lot of opportunities to not really blow the game, which is kind of where he's at right now in his career. I'm not I'd like I'm not gonna, you know be not honest about it. I love the guy, but you know, he's got a turnover problem for sure. But he also threw a really nice touchdown pass. That was all thanks to the run game. Because if you watch the play, uh, uh, Bobby trees is supposed to be blocking this potential run. And when you run it so much, obviously they're expecting that. And and the Seahawks bit, and then he has a perfectly open route and Goff just hits him perfectly beautifully with a, with a nice, easy touchdown pass. And when your defense is making turnovers and making having pick sixes off of DJ Metcalf screen passes, I, the, the, the sky is really the limit. And like, I know the saints minus three is like attempted, you know, thing that everybody loves right now because they're playing the bucks any divisional playoff game like where it's two teams that have played each other twice already like honestly all bets are off which is why i love the rams this week um and i guess last week Mm -hmm. um but yeah it was really a i'm happy that goff was able to come in and now he kind of has like a narrative of like a bit of like a hero coming in off the bench because he was the backup to wolford um, now he's officially starting next week. Um, and he was pissed post-game. I don't know if you heard. Goff was? Goff was, like, I really upset either. about um, – he was like, yeah, the Seahawks were coming in here after um, after they beat us and won the division. They were smoking cigars. And for us to come in here and win was, uh, you know, was really important for us. But, he, you know, he has, so, he has a look in his eye right now that I – I don't think I've ever seen from him before. He, he's a pretty robotic guy, so – I'm really excited to see. Uh, I'm really excited for Saturday because, I mean, obviously the Packers are a great team, but I think it's going to be a real shot for them yeah. to win. I mean, I, I do think this is going to be uh, – uh, this is the game to watch in the NFC, in my opinion. I, yeah, I same. This game will have the best chance to make it to the Super Bowl. Um, we're going to get know. more into Packers-Rams in a minute here, but just to talk about the Rams in general and that Rams-Seahawks game, like I said earlier, um, taking notes on the Rams going into the playoffs, I kind of saw them as that big defense with a run game and a competent quarterback team. Because when you look at things, I mean, the team to beat this year in general is Kansas City. You know, yes, Patrick Mahomes, a high-flying offense. So I was trying to think, going into the playoffs, how could my Green Bay Packers beat the Chiefs? Like, what would the formula be there? You know, it, it is that one-two punch of the running game to keep the ball out of the hands of the other quarterback and a defense, you know? And that that is what the Rams have this year. That's why they, they could beat anyone. You know, we saw it this week. Russell Wilson, I mean, you know, Aaron Donald, we don't want to make that argument, but, but Russell Wilson in terms of being a quarterback and having the ball in his hands at all times was the best player who had, like, the most time to impact that game. You know what I mean? Especially with Aaron Donald hurting his rib. It, it didn't matter. You know, you, you yep. can take a great quarterback out of a game. Now, now the one thing, and we're not getting Packers-Rams yet, but uh, the Seahawks do have a, of a worse O-line than the Packers, and that's why I knew going into that game that was going to be a tough, tough game. I mean, Chris Carson's a talented back, but, but, you know, when a defensive line like the Rams are just dominating an offensive line like the Seahawks, it doesn't matter. You know, that was some – I feel like that's the best kind of game to watch as a fan of a team. Like if you're a Rams fan, it's watching your defense kick someone's ass. Like you don't have a care in the world as that game goes on. You know what I mean? Like you're, you're nervous granted, but there's nothing better than just seeing a defensive performance. You know? I mean, yeah, it was absolutely amazing. And then for Aaron Donald to get hit uh, or like 
get hurt while hitting Russell and to sit out for like the majority of the fourth quarter. Uh, I think all of it, honestly. And for the defense still to just be like, okay, we got this. That's huge. That yeah. is so big. Cause obviously that's the best player on the field. Yeah. Uh, so w- when I saw that, that was kind of the thing in me. Cause I kind of ruled out a Super Bowl potential after we lost to the Jets. Mm-hmm. But after I saw that and the effort that they put up against Seattle, I, I like, I hate to say it, but I think there's like a shot, which definitely. And you know, I know, I know. That's the, well, that's the beauty of the playoffs is that like, you like, you guys definitely have a shot. You're not the yeah. favorite, you know, just like how, you know, like, I'm not going to sit here and patronize you about this Packers Rams game and for the sake of an argument, act like we're not the favorites. Like, we are the favorites. We're at home better record all that but like you guys certainly could beat them you know what i mean like i'm not going into this game like ha 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 like like bring on the saints and win the saints and yeah yeah like this is gonna be a fight you know i, I can't yeah. wait for it uh i have nothing absolutely nothing to say about the buccaneers washington football game you guys besides besides heineke just yeah. being a freaking god oh that was um, great and his name being so close to heineken was a great touch you know what yeah. I mean? You knew those memes were coming. Good point, though, uh, Nick Vespi. We didn't need need to give Heineke a, a little moment of shine. But, Just uh, a little bit. And, like, uh, wasn't Washington supposed to have this, like, amazing defense? They had so many opportunities yeah. to be in that game, and Something. Tom Brady was like... Kind of, which, uh, I mean, I'd be a little nervous if I was a Bucks fan. Like, they covered points-wise, everything was fine, but they definitely did not look great. I am... If I'm a Bucks fan, I'm just like, we're, we're doomed. Because I think the Saints is, like... I mean, obviously, I was talking about like divisional games, and it's kind of yeah. you know, it's it, it could go either way, but at the same time, there's no shot this Bucks team makes it to the Super Bowl. That's just my that's my two cents, and I know they got Tom Brady, but I there's nothing I love in this team. They they do a lot of things good, they do nothing great. And then we have uh, Cleveland. I, I got to be honest, Cleveland Pittsburgh shocked me just now. Now I felt bad for the Cleveland Browns fans because I hate like, and I know, you know, Juju Smith Schuster said that hold the Browns is the Browns thing, which kind of ties into this. But like, I did hate that thought process going into this game or this season of the playoffs. Like, huh, the Cleveland Browns, like they have new talent, a new team, but all jokes aside with that COVID stuff, they didn't have their head coach, Kevin Stefanski on the field. Like, I, I kind of thought they were going to be a mess, to be honest with you. And they, they were le- winning that game from, from pillar to post, from, from kickoff to, to the end, you know? I felt like that was like 18 years of good <laughs> karma. Yeah. Just like thrust it upon the Browns in Pittsburgh. I mean, I've never seen a team get that lucky just by being handed seven points like that in the beginning. Oh, yeah, that was nuts. I mean, I like that. Was, I've never seen a botch snap like that. It looked like no. uh, Maurice Pouncey was throwing the game to an extent. Uh, yeah, it did. Not only was it a botch snap, but then you got Big Ben being like, "Oh, yeah. you'll get it," and not yeah. jumping on the ball. Yeah. I mean, and then and then the Steelers end up putting quite an effort, but then like not going for it on fourth and two midfield. That what, the, what the hell was that? Especially at the end of the game when, like, you fought and clawed all your way back. I know you're the favorite going into the game, but, like, when you start that down and you fight back the way the Steelers do, you got to look at yourself as playing with house money. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, exactly. I mean, like, you know, Tomlin, Ben, you guys got two Super Bowls. Ben's probably done. Maybe he has one more season, but I honestly doubt it. Him and Rivers are the big guys where, like, they're just clearly not. And, I mean, obviously, Drew Brees to an extent, too, but, like, Drew Brees never had that great of an arm. But Phillip Rivers and uh, Big Ben the last two years, like, they're just not throwing the ball the same, you know? They're, yeah. they're old. It's sad, but, you know, 
got to be real about it. And I, I saved this game last because our producer, ladies and gentlemen, who is here with us, producer Nick, not to be confused with Nick Vesby, the guest, he has converted himself to a Chicago Bears fan mm-hmm. after some stunning news that happened in Philadelphia <laughs> earlier this week that we are about to get to after this game. So, Nick DeMarco, the new Bears fan, tell us what you thought about Bears Saints happened this weekend from the Superdome. Well, you know, we're missing um, uh, Hicks, uh, Akeem Hicks, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, well, I, think, I think he came back this game. No, no, they were missing one of their middle linebackers, I think. They were missing one of their linebackers. Uh, no, they were missing Roquan Smith. Roquan Smith. Roquan uh, Smith. Uh, yeah, it was Roquan mm-hmm. Smith. But, you know, it's been a tough season for us in Chicago. And, you know, I just, you know, I hope Mitch goes on to bigger and better things. And uh, they can all figure right, out. All right, all right. Let's do away with this facade. Let's just get into it. Ladies and gentlemen, wait, the Philadelphia Eagles. Oh, Nick, Nick Vespi, you have a point. Yeah, I just, not really a point about the game, but oh. did you guys watch on Nickelodeon? Oh, I did. I did too. I I switched back and forth. I got to be, I'll say this. I hated any hard ass. I don't know if you saw this on Twitter. There were some people on Twitter being like, why are they explaining what a first down is? This is the, then turn off Nickelodeon, you CBS. If you don't, this is a, a, is supposed to explain things to children. You know what I mean? It's a way it's okay. So like it's for, it's, it's not for us. It's not yeah. for the average football fan. It's for the kids and like, you know, the people that want to get into it. And like, yeah. I don't know how you can hate on that. Um, I saw Kurt Warner put out a tweet where it was like, uh, this is the first time my son wants, wants to watch a football game with me, like a full football game. And that's just beautiful. That's yeah. just like, that's, awesome. that's yeah, just yeah. amazing stuff. Obviously, I'm as big of a football fan as anyone at this point. My age, uh, you know, 26 years old. I remember being a kid and like wanting to love football. And you know, they they call plays in between every play. I was like, why do they keep doing timeouts? I, I don't get this. Like, why aren't they playing? You know, it, it yeah. makes some sense. I will say this though. My one note: Why were all the Nickelodeon references 90 shows? Did you know they? You know, they'd score a touchdown. They'd be like, he spiked that football like, oh, hey, Arnold's big old football head. Like, yeah. They not have any new Nickelodeon shows. Why do they keep yeah, mentioning yeah. SpongeBob and, we were young, and Cat yeah. Dog? You know, Nickelodeon. I, I actually think like I was talking about this with my dad because I was watching it with him, and I was he was like, "They're really still doing slime, and it's really such a big SpongeBob oriented network where it's like they they haven't really had anything that's like amazing that's been new recently. You know what I mean? Like I can't, I couldn't name. I, I they were trying to push the Loud House, which is a like a show about a kid who lives with like nine sisters or something. Um, I don't know. I wish, I wish it was goofier, you know, like yeah. be, be goofier at like, if you're going to do it, go balls deep, you know, like, yeah. like, 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 like I have SpongeBob Nick- commentate. Like, like I haven't watched Sp- uh, Nickelodeon or Cartoon Network consistently, obviously. And like, you know, a decade and a half, but like, you know, I know that Cartoon Network went on to do that, like Adventure Time and Steven Universe show, which I I, mean, I don't care personally for either, but I know they have some show now called like Craig of the Creek. That's a man, some that, like that's a child show now. Like I know that they've got some stuff, no idea what on earth Nickelodeon's doing. It seems like it's just, you know, fairly yeah. like parents and SpongeBob stuff. Well, they're doing, a, they're doing a Rugrats reboot in CGI and they're doing a, Children's SpongeBob show where yeah, it's like them know. as kids. Yeah. 
Right, but it's the right. same voice actors. Yeah, yeah. All right. I'd... Okay. okay. Nick, Nickelo- Nick. Speaking of Nickelodeon, Nick DeMarco is in shreds right now. If you've ever listened to a lowdown with LD, we've talked all year about how Doug Peterson was the magic in Philadelphia and about how Carson Wentz and about how oh. Howie Roseman sucks. Oh, yeah. So, Nick, you go first, and then me and Nick Vespi will react as both uh, unbiased sources and eagle haters. So you go. <laughs> Completely unbiased. Uh, yeah. I mean, I, I never have been shocked like this in any, anything. I mean, I guess the only other thing was when the Sixers traded was very Jimmy Butler, but that's – I mean, like, that's about it. Like, I've never been so shocked by anything in my whole life. I, did, I just don't understand, and every day it looks worse and worse and worse from the organization's perspective, which just makes it hurt so much more. I was listening to the King, Howard Eskin, and on the radio today. They were saying that they just – they wouldn't give – they wouldn't tell Doug what the roster was before Sunday, how he picked the roster. Who the fuck is Howie to pick the roster? He's not at practice all week. Doug is at practice all week. Doug picks the guys. I, I don't understand. Yeah. To me, it's the I've never – I mean, and I, I'm sort of getting to the mind mindset of with the rest of, like, sort of Eagles fans are kind of coming to this too. It's like I, I get – it's so easy to blame Howie. Who, at what point do you blame Jeffrey Lurie for enabling this and for allowing him to get yeah. away with this for so long? I mean, I think Doug is a top-tier coach. I really, really do. I, I think that if it was going to be him and Hurts and they were going to draft a receiver at six, I really did think with the last-place schedule they were going to win some games next year. I thought they were going to be fun, exciting, and young. I didn't think they were going to, you know, maybe make the playoffs or anything, possibly a wild-card team. But that's, you know, I, I thought – I think Dallas is going to be good next year. But, you know, I, I just I – think, I, I think your whole division is going to be good next year, honestly. Yeah, I mean, for the most They're part – Definitely yeah, a step I mean, up. There will be talent in the division. Yeah, I was like, you know, like I, I still think we got some guys that are going to go out there and compete. And I, Doug, I mean, everybody, there, there hasn't been one player say anything negative about Doug except for possibly him and Carson Wentz still get along. I, I, then what? The, then why would you move? Up? Carson Wentz stinks. The co- the coach has won without the quarterback. So what the fuck? Who's the, what's the question here? Ship the quarterback. So what? The coach has won. I, I've. I've seen a very interesting sentiment on Eagles Twitter that I agree with. And that's the idea that like the Eagles right now are a perfect example of like the failures of modern corporate America, where it's all like glad handing and, and like, you know, connections and stuff like that. And this whole idea that like Doug Peterson didn't get to do Doug Peterson's job because Jeffrey Lurie liked, uh, like, uh, you know, Howie Roseman more and this and that, like, I don't know. It, it does make sense. Like, there's a little bit of that too many cooks in the kitchen. It is crazy to think that this is now going to be Howie Roseman's fourth coaching regime in Philadelphia, especially when you consider he came in on the end of Andy Reid's era. So the bad parts of Andy Reid, like when Andy Reid got fired in Philadelphia, he was here for Chip Kelly, which was obviously a disaster. He was here for Doug Peterson, which was a huge success, but now he fired him. Yeah. Yeah. And I, mean, I, 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 I just don't get it. I agree that the Chip Kelly thing was a disaster as well, but his record wasn't bad. Like he was no, like, definitely. He, I, I, yeah, like from Howie Roseman's perspective, it was yeah. obviously a disaster. Like no, from how they ran him, Chip yeah. out of town. You yeah, know Chip. I mean, Chip is just not the kind of guy that can be a professional coach in the NFL. Yeah, like he needs college, to be. Yeah. yeah, exactly. He needs to be like the adult in the room versus like being one of the adults in the room where you're teaching adults. Mm-hmm. He needs to be like the guy that's yelling at people, and that's just not going to fly in the NFL. Let me ask you this, Nick Vespi. How highly did you personally rate Doug Peterson as a coach? Like in the Um, NFL, 32 teams around, where would you have him? Softly, you know, you don't have to. I mean, look, he won a Super Bowl with the backup quarterback. um, And I know DeMarco's not going to love this, but. I don't care, dude. I think a lot. I I think uh, 
that was a lot of Frank Wright. Um, oh. I, I, I really do because his record after the Super Bowl, what is it? It's like, Not it's like good. under 500, 500, I think. Yeah, I think yeah, it was about a, 500. A under 500, yeah. Yeah. Um, I, it's just such a sticky situation when your quarterback play is just somehow just been diminished. Um, and like, I don't know how you choose Wentz over uh, Peterson. Like yeah. out of the, out of those two guys, in the room, one of them was responsible for bringing you an, an actual Super Bowl, and and responsible for shooting a bunch of ducks. Yeah, yeah I, like, yeah. but I heard. Wait, what's the name of the Eagles owner again? Jeffrey Lurie. He was on ninety. He was on ninety-seven-five after the news came out, talking about how Wentz is such a great face face of the franchise. I watched that whole. Um, how, I, I couldn't believe it. Yeah, and like, cool. Um, Carson, you were upset about being benched. Like, play better, my guy. Um, you're, Couldn't agree your anymore, man. Relationship with, your relationship with Doug was fractured beyond repair. All right, well, repair it. You know what I mean? Like, I, or go somewhere else. Like, Dude, yeah, Wentz, Wentz got exactly what he wanted. And, like, I don't see a foreseeable future where they are, like, ass-kicking within the next, like, three years. You know what I mean? Like, there's so much turmoil in Philadelphia right now. What doesn't make any sense to me was, wasn't Carson Wentz one of these big time, like, watch me overcome adversity? Like, I will fight and and I don't know the meaning of hard work and I'm going to throw a flag on that one. Not really. I, I like he's he's kind of quiet. Yeah, he, I thought that was the whole army of one God. You know, no, that's, that's uh, uh, he's Jesus. just hard working guy. It's no, it's a Jesus thing. No, it's a Jesus thing. He's, yeah, he's I think a, that's more of a religious a thing, thing, and not. He's a weird dude. Yeah, he's a fucking weird. I cannot. Believe I thought he was a bit of overcoming adversity crazy. after the ACL tear. I don't know, but yeah, I mean, yeah, like, he, like I don't know. It it just sounds like a fake brand to me. And like I, I, I don't I think he's a locker room guy at all. Yeah, I don't think people want to play under him. I mean, uh, clearly they loved playing under Foles. Um, they played up with Hurts on the field. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, like, I, I don't think Wentz is that guy, really. Um, so, I, and I think that has a lot to do with when you got, like, this 53-man roster. Like, everyone's got to be working together. And, like, if Wentz is doing what he's doing, it's probably a lot e- easy for those guys to clock out early in the third quarter and just be like – do we really like? We don't even really got a shot if he's going to turn the ball over in the red zone two I more times. All I know, man, is at the end of the day, Carson Wentz finished the NFL season as the second worst quarterback on Pro Football Focus, and Pro Football Focus isn't everything. You know what I mean? I'm not, yeah. I'm not one of those Pro Football Focus. Who is the worst? Guys. Who is the worst? So some random backup like overtook him at the very end of the season, like somebody who got in the last week, like for like all Glenn intents and intensive purposes. Like it was once. And that's just what I'm saying. You can argue why once is playing like this, this and that. Whose fault is it? But like, you're not like, that's my problem is there's some people in Philadelphia who just want to pretend like Carson Wentz is an MVP guy. And he's I mean, just yeah, not. He hasn't shown. I thought he was good in, in 18. I, I did before he got, he got the back injury. I did think he was good. I still think he was slinging the ball. I thought he looked pretty good. Came back really fast from that injury. I don't know if he should have came back that fast, but. I don't know, man. I don't know. I, I think he really just needs to see a sports psychologist uh, if you're going to work mm-hmm. with him. Yeah, he hasn't been the same. He hasn't been the same after that injury. And that it's back, weird stuff. Yeah. Like the pocket awareness thing is not just on the offensive line. I've watched enough no, Eagles games this year to see times where he, he just looks like a deer in headlights all the time. You know what I mean? You know what's I crazy, like though? And right like now. this like this take was like, I'm going to throw this out the window when it was like relevant. Mm-hmm. Um 
the Foles believers in Philadelphia. Mm-hmm. Um, I, th- was that the answer? Could that have saved this team? No, because I don't think so. As somebody who pretended to like Foles just to yeah. spite Eagle fans, I, I, I don't think. To be honest, and Nick, I don't think you could say for sure that 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 would not have solved problems because he did come in um, and led them to a to a playoff win after the year they won the Super Bowl, right against the Bears, and then almost yeah. beat the Saints, and they would have faced the Rams in the yeah. NFC Championship game. Yeah, they they, they should have. They should have. Yeah. Um, the anniversary of that was yesterday. I saw that they posted that shit all over Twitter. It's, I hate that. I hate that play so much. Well, yeah. I mean, they they absolutely should have beat the Saints that game. Well, the um, other thing, Nick, going back to kind of what you said a, a, a few minutes ago about Doug Peterson's record after the Super Bowl, something I've always felt strongly about is I don't think the Eagles necessarily had a ton of talent on that Super Bowl roster. Like, neither. I remember at the time being happy for my friends, and I didn't want to be seen as, like, this Philadelphia hater party pooper. Like, Yeah, me too. Trying to be negative. But, like, that secondary was awful. Yeah, you know, Ronald Darby was, was like Ronald by Darby far Daniels. the number one. Yeah, yeah it's Ronald Darley, Darby, Jalen Mills, Cravion LeBlanc, and and uh, no, Cravion LeBlanc. Nick, what's Mad 18. Dog Maddox's first name? No, he he came in eighteen too, or he might have came in nineteen. He was drafted. Who? Are you talking about the secondary this year? No, just no, no. Super Bowl, Super Bowl secondary. Super Bowl secondary. Well, yeah, was, I mean, Tom uh, were the cornerbacks. Tom Brady put up five hundred passing yards or something Darby, in that yeah. Super Bowl. Mills. Darby yeah, did, like, like I tweeted this, and Nick, you, you were Robinson a big fan of this, Nick Vespi. I tweeted this this week after after Doug Peterson got fired. It's like, oh, yeah, anyone else remember that famous historic moment from the Eagles 2017 Super Bowl where Howie Roseman came onto the field and told Carson Wentz, we're going to run Philly, Philly? Oh, wait, what do you mean? That, that moment I saw in a billion beer commercials was Doug Peterson and Nick Foles? Well, I wouldn't know that because they're both out of Philadelphia. I also think that's a slant. To Doug, I mean that was Foles who one million percent called that beautiful play yeah. right there. Yeah, you know he, what I mean? He did say Philly, Philly. All right, like you want he, Philly, he Philly. Designed the play. I mean, so like you got to give him a little bit. Yeah, yeah, okay, yeah. I facts, facts, facts. He's gonna be a success wherever he goes. I, I think he's just. I think he's a success wherever he goes, unless he goes to the Jets, which is where it looks like. Because I just think the Jets are just a turmoil, poverty franchise. I think if they let right, him as hire much as, guys, I think that he'll be fine. As much as we could talk about the Eagles and the Doug Peterson situation all day, it's time to get to a solemn and an important moment of this podcast because I have accusations to lay out. I have a timeline to create. This is the Lucas DePetro Antonio, Nick Vespi, Packers, Rams dispute timeline. Okay, Nick, um... If there's a flag on the play, I will let you know. I was about to say, you've heard many of these claims before. But I will lay things out as, as to how I see them, and you will tell me where, where the mistakes lie, and we'll hem and haul before we get to the Packers-Rams games. Elio. Starting in 1994, I was born, uh, <laughs> and I'm a crazy person. So we're going to get that out of the way first. So 2016 comes along, and the Los Angeles Rams, formerly the St. Louis Rams, are good for the first time in generations. Yeah, uh, my good friend Nick Vespi and his more handsome, charismatic brother <laughs> Dean Vespi start a broadcast. The no Rams- flags, no Wait, flags no. on the play. Oh yeah, no flags. <laughs> all, all facts there. By the way, the last time I saw the Vespi brothers in person was at a movie theater when I was with producer Nick and Dallas Goddard, Eagles tight end, was in, in in the in the movie theater that That's night. True. <laughs> 
No, they're not funny. But anyway, so Nick Vespi and his brother start a Rams podcast. I'm in college out in California. I see it on Twitter. And I'm like, oh, this is great. This is great news. I'm so happy for my friend Nick, for this podcast he's making. I follow the Twitter account. I'll retweet you know, their, their links to the pod. I'll favorite. I'll, I'll quote tweet it. You go, guys. Bahoo hiss. Yeah. And then the next year. Pearl harboring begins. Oh my God! That my is my back turns into a, a a a voodoo doll with pins sticking out of it. So the next year, the Green Bay Packers hire a little guy named Matt Lafleur. Right. Packers are on a great run. I am working on a movie set with my good friend Nick Vespi that year. Now, yes. Nick Vespi, some might say that I was in Nick's debt because Nick got me the job on a movie set, and it was a great job and a great set and a great movie and great pay. Some are saying that Nick was in my debt because no. I came through for him as a friend <laughs> accepting the job he got me. But that's that's neither here nor there, you know? Okay, all right. So, so after the Packers win week three last year against the Lions, I come down on the set one day. I see my man, oh. Vespi, okay. and I just go, well, I go, oh, Nick, like, ah, the, the Pack, what a win this weekend. We love football, right? And Nick Vespi, this is where the, this is the first, this is the first plane oh getting an oil tanker at Pearl Harbor. He goes, oh yeah, well the refs won you guys that game anyway, because of like uh, illegal use of hands to the face, duh. And I'm like, well, Nick, haven't I been backing you up for the last nine months that the, the well, referees did not single-handedly win the Rams, the NFC title game with a pass interference call that was so controversial that we dealt with an entire year of PI calls getting challenged. And Nick Vespi tells me, yeah, that's different. We got okay. a flag to be had on this play. All I have to say about that is you're spinning facts because I was mad, but I probably had bet on I probably had bet on the Lions one. And two the Lions are such like this, like sad, another poverty franchise. Mm -hmm. um, and they had a chance to be on top of those people. I'll give you they, that. Yeah, you're, they you're had a chance. They had a chance to be on top of the division if they won that game. And I was just kind of like, oh, they really got a shot here. And yeah, I mean, the refs bailed them out. But one bad call does not make an entire game. So now to backtrack by a year to maybe the worst thing anyone did in this situation, we're at a movie theater. The Avengers Endgame. <laughs> this is my favorite story ever. This is completely irrelevant to the rest of the podcast, but I just remembered this. Me and Nick Vespi are in Brooklyn, New York at a movie theater to see Avengers Endgame. And, and this is Nick at Vespi. Midnight, at midnight. At, at midnight. This is his home theater. He knows where everything is. He's been there before. He's the one who told me to get there. I go into line to get myself some snacks. Nick Vespi asked me to get him nachos. He goes, oh, I'm going to go to the bathroom. I come out of this line. I'm holding candy. I'm holding a soda. I'm holding. He got us our seats, though. I got but the seats. He didn't tell me that. He did not tell me. So Nick Vespi <laughs> just goes to the bathroom and then just runs off to the theater and sits in our seats. My hands are so full that I can't even take out my ticket to find what seat, what theater we're in. As I am walking to the stairs, Nick's nachos fall out of my hand and get all over me. I am covered in cheese sauce. <laughs> I text Nick all angry, like, where are you? Come out to the lobby. Nick comes out and just starts I, berating me. He's like, oh, did you drop the nacho? What? You couldn't take care of that? Are you kidding me? Nick then takes the nachos out of my hand. Nick is now holding only nachos. 
Guess who drops the nachos before he even gets to the escalator? Nick Vespi. Ladies and gentlemen, Nick, defend yourself. <laughs> it was... The, the reason it's so amazing is because there was like a bunch of people around us and I am like berating you in front of yeah. all these people. Just like, like, you can't even carry. No, yeah, I was like, I was like, dude, seriously, you can't even do this simple task. Like, come on. Like I got us the seats. I know that like, we have to get back to the theater. I can't believe you would do this. And like, as we walk past a bunch of people, I'd spill the nachos and my slushy. Yeah, it, and he was carrying significantly less than less. Yeah, yeah, so much less. Look yeah. at what I'm dealing with, folks. Anyway, back to the Packers and the Rams and that series <laughs> of events. So after the Lions incident, you know, the, the, the filming on the movie ends. Me and Nick aren't with each other every day. The season goes on. The Rams are having a bad year. Yeah. I'm never trying to talk to Nick about how bad the Rams are doing, but anytime we <laughs> hang out, I'm just like, oh man, Pack have uh, the Vikings this week. Nervous about that game. Nick just looks at me and goes, yeah, 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 that's true. You remember how last year, though, the Rams were like really good and, and the Packers were bad? Like, what was that about, huh? I was just like, Nick, over the last 20 years, the Packers have been good for 19 years, and the Rams were good for one year. We only are going to talk about this year. What are we talking about anymore? And I'll no flags. No, no flags, flags on the play. Nick did quickly go, well, yeah, man, I just want to talk about when the Rams are good. What do you want? <laughs> like, he admitted that one. But then this is where my real – this is the real complaint being levied at Nick here. I think I know it's coming. As the year goes on, I, I'll wake up on a random Tuesday in December <laughs> to a DM on Instagram. I'll be like, oh, what's this DM going to be? I'll click on it. It's a message from Nick Vespi sending to me a, a, a Instagram post from an account called Da Bear Chicago 69 that just says, like, the Packers are gay and the dumbest team in no. the league. No, flag, flag on the play. Because the refs help them. And I respond to Nick, and I'll say, like, why are you sending me this? And Nick will go, just showing you what the people are saying. Just got to okay, show you what the people say. That, that is true. I would not send you anything that would have homophobic slaves oh, well, no, in it, no, though. I mean... It, it was the fact that it was always some idiot, like it was some account that'd be like, the refs love the Packers and and the Packers are douchebags, and and I'd be like, this is it would be, it would be an honest clever, it would be an honest critique of From your Vikings fan of your offense. Yes, yeah. yes, yes, and It'd be but like, it would, something like Aaron Rodgers' best receiver is the refs. Or yeah, something. some something like that. Maybe yeah. not not that bad, but I think it would say stuff more along the lines of like they're soft and like um, if they face a really good defense, they kind of crumble. Which and, and, which which last year was true. And we and but once again, I'm supporting Nick's podcast <laughs> when the Rams are good and when the Packers are bad. <laughs> but when the Packers are good, and the Rams are bad. Nick's just sending me salacious DMs at one o'clock in the morning. Yeah, but. Know. But I'm still supporting you in yeah, every oh, other way. Oh, I haven't seen that support. It's <laughs> been flying by me. And this all leads <laughs> to a few weeks ago, the Packers win this game. I don't even remember who we were playing. But we didn't play like the most like rock solid game. We, we, we came this. out with, you know, a win. We squeaked one out. And I'm tweeting angry at the Packers, making fun of the Packers. Nick Vespi responds to my tweet and just says, Packers look beatable. <laughs> yeah, who did the Rams play that week? You tell me uh, five days later who the Rams played and lost to. The Jets. Yes, karma. 
And that's what I've been trying to explain to this man for years is LD is just a, a regular old turtle sitting on the side of the road, minding his own business. And Nick's coming up to me with a stick banging on my shell. Yeah. Yeah. I <laughs> totally forgot that I just, you, you won the game too. And yeah, I just, yeah, yeah, I just tweeted just Pearl harbored me. That's what I'm saying. Packers look beatable. Packers look and like, I'm sitting here tweeting like, Oh man, that was my right now. That was my honest take. I wasn't trying to like be mean or anything. Sure. But uh, it, it I was, was the first time I heard from you in like eight months. Like, <laughs> look beatable. Like, what is this? Well, what is, I'll text Nick like, Oh, good win from the Rams. I got a text back from Nick. Like, man, you guys really got bailed out in that one. Yeah, yeah. I, oh, dude, who are you playing now? Because I want to remember the game. Should um, I look it up? Yeah, here, here. I got. I for some reason, I it may have been the Falcons. Honestly, maybe it was like somebody. It was it was somebody with some talent. Like like it was a game where we got up early and then we kind of like let the other team get back into it a bit. Okay. Well, now when I type in Packers schedule, all I see is it is, is Rams versus Colts. Packers. Was it the Colts? You know who I think it was? It may have been the Panthers. Oh yeah, it was that Panthers game. Yeah. Yeah, twelve nineteen because mm-hmm. I think that's around when the Jets game was. Yep, that's exa- that's the exact game it was because yeah. the Panthers kind of clawed their way all the way back and they almost had a chance to win. Yeah, it was like one of those games where like, and and I'm not looking at the score anymore, so I don't like I'm speaking hypothetically here, but it's one of those games where like we went up seventeen nothing going into the second quarter and then the final score is like you know twenty eight twenty, like it looked like it was going to be a blowout and then you know, but but anyway, let's get to this weekend finally Packers. Rams. Let me go first. I'll explain kind of this game from the Packers standpoint. Then you'll explain the game from the Rams standpoint. And then we'll we'll meet at the end. All right. How's that sound? Sounds great. Okay. Which is funny because I don't think we're going to get that contentious right now. I think the contentiousness will come afterwards with Eli Manning and Jimmy Butler. But more importantly, like we we never argue about Packers Rams. We just argue about Packers Titans for some reason. That's when you always come for me. So anyway. The pack looked great this year. Aaron Rodgers all the way back. He, he's that guy. You know, la- even last year when his numbers were back, you know, it was a little clunky looking. You know, uh, things didn't look the best. This year, Rodgers deserves the MVP, in my opinion. Even if he doesn't win it, legitimate MVP caliber guy. Like, like it's Absolute, just me. Absolutely. I think he 100% deserves it this year. Yep. yep. And, and it's very funny to me, by the way, to see people argue that Mahomes deserves it more when those same people all offseason were like, Aaron Rodgers, they didn't even get him any weapons. Bah. You know what I mean? Like, like anyway. Mahomes has weapons on weapons. And by the way, like maybe one of the best coaches outside, like definitely yeah. one of the best coaches we've ever seen in our lifetimes, like top two, top three. So the Packers have a mauling front. In front of Aaron Rodgers, we lost all pro David Bakhtiari uh, going into the playoffs, which is going to be my excuse if the Rams win this game. Bakhtiari's out there. It's not even close. Happy I have a built-in excuse. But uh, the Packers were going to have a big injury to one of their units. The offensive line was the spot for it to happen because we have a lot of depth there. We have a lot of versatility there. I can see the Packers shifting up, shifting their offensive line where guys are based on the matchup they want with Aaron Donald. Um, I do think the Rams... Defensive line is good enough that, that you know, this is going to be a battle. There's going to be plays where the Packers' offensive line gets the best of them. There's going to be p- plenty of plays where the Rams' defensive line gets the best of them. As I said with David Bakhtiari, this is, all jokes aside, I know I said that excusing earlier, but, like, this is the big game where I think his injury matters the most um, just because he, he's first-team all-pro. He's the best left tackle in football, where if we're going to say, you know, five straight all-pro appearances, that sort of thing. 
he's the kind of guy that you can just leave on an island, like even with the best of them, even with a Leonard Floyd, you know, like, like I'm not saying Leonard Floyd's never going to get a pressure, but at the same time, like David Bakhtiari's got the left side handled. We don't have to worry about a chip block, a tight end, anything like that. Yeah. So there's the margin for error has shrank a bit. The Packers, Aaron Jones, I think is going to be one of the keys to this game because Aaron Jones isn't just a great running back. He's a great offensive weapon. He receives out of the backfield very well. I think we're going to have He's a Todd Gurley in his prime type player. Yeah, and he's one of those guys that even though he isn't a big guy, he runs hard. He, he breaks tackles. He doesn't go yeah. down easy, you know? And I could see us needing to design uh, and set up some stuff for him to kind of get everything else going. The matchup of the weekend, and maybe the matchup of the season across football, has got to be Jalen Ramsey and Devontae Adams. Yes, That's absolutely. Nail on the head right that there. That is going to be a battle. I can't wait to watch it. I, I think this is going to be uh, a situation where, where both of them are kind of getting the better of each other. Once again, like I, I expect great plays to be made from each. I think that's going to be very, very fun and exciting to watch. Where this I think, is, um, I think that battle between yeah. those two determines the result of the game. Whoever, whoever bests the other is winning the game. So, so I disagree slightly in the sense that I think the big difference maker of this game is going to be the Packers defense versus the Rams. Rams and obviously that's a whole side of the ball. So like what you just said, you know, from a, from a smaller matchup standpoint, definitely holds true. But, you know, the Packers defense is the best Packers defense we've had in a while, but it's still, you know, it's not the Rams defense. They're holes. Uh, they, they, you know, they played a phenomenal, phenomenal game against Derrick Henry just two, three Oh my God, ago. they put on a yeah. show. Yeah, and if that's the Packers' defense, we're getting this weekend against the Rams. Got Snacks Harrison off of the Seattle practice squad week 17. He played a bit week 17. He's a big-time run stuffer. I think that's really what it's going to come down to is, is can the Packers' defense play tough? Can they stop the run, and, and, and will they be able to contain the Rams' running game? Uh, Nick? What, what do you got in the game? Let me ask you this. Just try to take out your your yeah. um, your bias for a second. The line started at Packers plus seven, right? Mm-hmm. Or no, sorry, Packers minus seven. Yeah, I think I, I think Rams plus seven. It, like regardless of the outcome of the game, I think it's going to be really close. I'll, I'll probably think, have some money on Rams plus seven. I think that's fair, definitely. Okay, yeah, yeah. I, I mean, like, like him at the tease. Now, now yeah. to be honest, when it comes and and I don't want to interrupt you because you're you're portion to talk Rams, but oh, go ahead. when it comes to biases, what's funny is I actually think with gambling it goes like the other way. You know what I mean? Where like you ne- like I don't care if the Rams had you know, uh, the Falcons this weekend, if they were minus, you know, 13 and a half, you'd be like, Oh, I don't know about, you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, you're, you almost go the other way. Like I I would view this game rightfully. So once again, I'm, I think this game could go either way, but with the Packers being the favorites, I would see it at like a minus five, three points for home, two points on its own. You know what I mean? When the Rams are favorites, I don't touch them. It's when they're underdogs. This yeah. year, they, they've only lost one time when they were underdogs. Every I other bet time against they... the Packers points-wise a lot, too, with what you're saying. Like, I'll, I'll, yeah. I, I'll take the Rams plus seven in this game because, you know, Packers win. I'm thrilled. There's a lot of area where they can win and, and not cover. And, you know, you yeah, it. yeah, yeah, 100%. And even if they win by 14, you're not going to be bombed in any stretch of the, of, yeah, exactly. of, of the way. But, I mean, like, here's the thing about this game. I think it – rests entirely on perfect boy Eli Jr. Jarek off shoulders because if he it, if he puts on a show um I just I your defense compared to ours I think ours like if he's really having a good game I don't see our defense blowing it just because of how yeah. 
Because, like, they, they have won the majority of games. If, like, the offense could mm-hmm. say, hey, hold on, we got this for a second. Here's our run game. I'm going to make a couple big throws. And, like, that's all he has to do. If he doesn't turn the ball over, I, you know, I think it's really good. Uh, but, like, he's, he's the liability. He could have two picks, and the defense could, defense could still keep us in it. It just mm-hmm. depends on um, – it really depends on Goff. But – oh, no. I was just going to say what will be interesting to me, too, is you guys definitely have a good offensive line. I'm, I'm not trying to disparage that at all, but, like, they played out of their mind, I feel like, against the Seahawks. So, yeah. you know, the Packers have a couple guys, Kenny Clark, Zadarius uh, Smith, Preston Smith, where, like, it'll be interesting to me to see, you know, if the, the Rams offensive line plays good or if they play, you know, otherworldly again. That, that'll obviously be a big impact as well. I just – I mean, like – there's just so many amazing things that go into this game with like LaFleur and, and McVay and you yeah. got the two Cal State guys and you got the best uh, CB and the best wide wide out right now. You got Aaron Donald who's coming, who's like still kind of hurt. So, but he's going to play through that uh, like versus Aaron Jones, Aaron Rodgers, like everything that is up about the um, Packers right now, you know, the Rams are going to use like, yeah, you know that that defensive front is going to want to stop MVP Aaron Rodgers. You know what I mean? Yep. Going to want, want to make him look silly. I hope this doesn't sound stupid. This kind of might sound like one of those no-duh things, but I think you'll know if the Packers are going to win this game within the first three of the Packers' drives. If they're getting three and outed and, and they're not making it over half yet and it's looking really stingy, I think we're going to look at a problem. Um, obviously, once See, again, now that's funny because I feel the same way about the Rams. Yeah, the only difference I'd say is that, like, is that so? So, in theory, like the two top units in this game is the Packers offense, Rams defense. So, like, whatever we see against them will be legit. I could see a world where, like, you know, the Packers defense plays a great first quarter and a half against the Rams, where like they're making plays, like where they're like literally playing great. Could see a second half of the Rams come out, and you know, the the Packers defense isn't at that same level. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, two so, things. Two things. You don't want the Rams to lead at halftime. Yeah, I saw that stat. Because that ridiculous stat. And then the other thing is Rodgers is 0-4 against number one defenses, I think, in his career. And Yeah, I could see that. What's the other thing? Oh, yeah. Uh, under McVay, Goff is 15-5 and when playing in a new stadium for the first time. Oh, yeah. Uh, so, now – I, I've one. I mean, that's all just number bullshit, though, in my opinion. I, I don't my really own think number that. Bullshit. Uh, before I, I have one question about this stadium, but first, I, I do think I saw a number that's like the Rams have a bad record. You know, I know they have a great record this year, but they like most of their losses oh, yeah. come when teams score like over nineteen points. So it's not like a tremendously high amount of points. So, like, I want to yeah. say if the Packers can get to three touchdowns, even you know, we're starting to look like in that more vulnerable zone, but. Do you have any worries this weekend about uh, Lambeau Field, the frozen tundra? Um, no, I don't. No. Um, I think Seattle Seattle was like 10 degrees uh, warmer, I think. You know, I don't think it was like uh, – I don't think that's the end-all, be-all. It's not supposed to snow. Um, if it was snowing, I would say that's a completely different scenario because Rodgers is just like built for that. Yeah. But, no, I – like – I'm, I'm, that's something I'm not really worried about. And I know Goff is like supposed to have bad games in the cold, but you know, that's yeah, not I, something I'm going to think about. I, I, I'm more worried about his thumb in the cold than about, you know, like, like him, some magical golf camp playing the cold thing, you know? What I yeah. Mean? Yeah. The thumb does scare me and our backup is out. 
So Bortles yeah. is Bortles is our backup. And if Goff gets hit and goes down and mm-hmm. Bortles leads this team to a victory, I don't think I could let you live that down. <laughs> oh man. Oh, I'll never forget. I mean, that reminded me, I'm sure you have the same experience growing up in Philadelphia Eagles land. There's nothing more stressful than when your team's playing the Eagles. Um, I'll never forget the years. So true. So true. Eagles to Lambeau field. And I was like, well, I don't got to worry about shit. Mark <laughs> laid an egg. <laughs> All right. Now, now we gotta, we gotta wrap things up with some contentiousness. Me and Nick, of, of course, we're frenemies. We have two great debates. Well, one of them are me and Nick's great debate. The other is a a war that I've waged single-handedly against the entire city of Philadelphia, Nick included. But first, we're going to start with this one. Eli Manning. Nick Vespi loves Eli Manning too much. Nick Vespi sees himself as Eli Manning, and he loves Eli Manning. I don't even hate Eli Manning. I just feel incredibly strongly that the man has absolutely no business in the Hall of Fame. Nick Vespi, why don't you go first? Because I'm going to start shouting in a minute. Eli Manning is, I think, like the best player to watch for 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 fans of the Giants and people that don't like the Giants because he's so bad all the time. You think but, this man's a Hall of Famer? Don't try to def- defuse me right now by coming out here with how bad he is. Of course he's a Hall of Famer. No, he won, he, t- what? he won two me. Super Bowls against the greatest dynasty of all time. But yeah, but he doesn't, you know, his regular season record is like usually ass. So but, I, I, I brought I, former Philadelphia Eagles and future Hall of Famer LaShawn McCoy in a game of pickup basketball once. So what does that say about my, my pro-athlete ability? Did you beat out- him? In so a game, that's one incident. Nick Vester, and, win, and win Super Bowl MVP twice as a wild card team once to take down the perfect Patriots and have maybe team. and have maybe the greatest play in Super Bowl history under we'll your see belt. You and you are set to single Super Bowl game sack record in that first game. Yeah, amazing. David Tyree caught a ball. Who said that wasn't even a good throw? It was a terrible throw. He, he escaped pressure to make that throw. I could escape pressure. I love Eli Manning. Outside of here, look, look, look. I'm I'm going to be completely frank with everybody. I love Eli Manning as the younger brother narrative. Because, I know that. Yeah, because because he's this younger brother who's this like goofy guy. Um, and there's a lot of comparisons between Eli and Goff that I make all the time. Just turnover machine. Like, so, like you're just like, does this guy wake up some days just forgetting how to play football? Like, it makes no sense. And that happens with Eli, too. But then Eli has these two magical seasons with an amazing defense, and he wins the Super Bowl twice, and he gets a Super Bowl, a Super Bowl MVP. And, yeah, he's absolutely going to be in the Hall of Fame. Also, he has a Walter Payton Man of the Year award. I don't care. Which the NFL says – is That's the, the most prestigious award they have. I hate, I don't, now guys, Nick Vespi's making a great point here. I've been meaning to bring this up on my own at a certain point, but if you've ever seen an NFL broadcast where they mention the Walter Payton Man of the Year Award, <laughs> at some point, Joe Buck or Jim Nance goes like, oh, folks, uh, if you've most... ever stepped in an NFL locker room, you know, forget about MVP, <laughs> the Super Bowl. They only talk about the Walter Payton Man of the Year. No, they don't. No, they don't. They don't give a shit about the Walter Payton Man of the Year. It's uh, it's the NFL's most prestigious award. Okay, yeah, and the Arthur Ashe Award from the ESPYs also matters a lot. 
Yeah. Like, like, what are they like? He's not making. See, folks, this is what's so upsetting is that Nick Vespi despises Jimmy Garoppolo because he's the 49ers quarterback. And last year, Jimmy Garoppolo was about to win the Super Bowl. And I was texting Nick Vespi, like, oh, man, guess he's half a Eli man at Super Bowl. <laughs> and then that fucking the Niners just had to blow it. Yeah. And I had it all planned out. Oh, <laughs> Nick DeMarco, yeah, Garoppolo sucks. Me up here. Eli Manning sucks, doesn't he? Uh, producer Nick's putting up a minute. I, I think he was only. Uh, sorry, I had I had my thing on mute. I didn't want to interrupt you guys. Um, I I don't think he's a Hall of Fame. I mean, I all right. If you're gonna put him in, you gotta like consider Flacco, because he also won a Super Bowl as a wild card. Yeah, Flacco's got to be close. And McNabb is always up every yeah. year. I he's almost there. <laughs> it's not due. But Eli only played out of his mind for one of those Super Bowls. Look, 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 look. Here's the thing. Um, Eli is not elite. I'm not saying Eli is this elite man, uh, but he comes from the Manning family, which is like a huge part of, of football culture. Let's not debate that because that's facts. We're not going uh, to, but what nepotism gets you in the Hall of Fame now? We're just going to nepotism the Hall of Fame? Let's not act like nepotism isn't a real thing that happens in every single field. So I'm going to say. I don't know about Hall of Fame voting. I, I'm going to say yes. It, Barry it, Sanders it, it, Jr. going to get in because of that Stanford scholarship he got? It will be a factor, 100%. You cannot tell the story of the Patriots dynasty without talking about weird goofball Eli Manning. Salad sandwiches now. Uh, it's actually the funniest athlete to ever host SNL by far, okay. which, which, which is absolutely what they're thinking about when they're putting in Hall of Fame votes. So, and I don't want to hear anything so else. So I will concede that Nick, he's funny on SNL. He is hysterical on SNL. To, funny the, on SNL. to the laying out of the Nick Vespi timeline, I forgot about this incident. Nick will not be throwing a flag for this. Me and Nick are on a train ride to a New York Giants-Dallas Cowboys game. Nick got us the tickets. Credit to Nick. Phenomenal friend. Nick's wasted on this train. I'm driving us, <laughs> so, so I'm not. And the next thing I know, Nick just starts talking to this Dallas Cowboys old, like this 60 year old bag next to us in a Cowboys shirt. Just goes, Oh, this guy's a Packers fan. And this woman, I kid you not, amazing. I know I made all those jokes earlier about Bears fan 420, this and that. This woman just goes, like, Oh, the Packers, what well, a refs always win the Packers their games. And then Nick looks at me all excited, like, Ah, like I'm going to take the bait and have a debate with this woman on the train. It was horrible. Yeah. That was the one time in, in my life where I was able to shut you up. That was the one time in my life. I, like I, you, I, you sat there and you looked forward and you said nothing. You were also wasted on that. I was, yeah, I was gone. That was, a really, think, like, that was a really fun I, day for us. That was the yeah, cat that game. Was, you remember that? Yeah. The, the cat yeah, came we on were, the field? That, that is the famous game where the cat ran onto the field at, at Giant Stadium. Oh, yeah. Also, yeah. the very last seats. Yeah, <laughs> like, literally like, the last. If you turn around, you saw the parking <laughs> lot. Yeah, yeah, it was very funny. But no, but I, I think it was just an empty stomach situation because, like, me and Nick got to this train station. He, he has, like, a couple beers. The next day I know we're on this, like, connecting train. And Nick's like, uh, this did not happen. I want to make this very clear. But, like, in my mind, it was almost like a movie scene where he's, like, crowd surfing onto the train. Like, like he was, like, just the, the mayor of this train car for some reason. Well, you know, me and you were very uh, charismatic guys. People, uh, you know, we initiate conversation. We're extroverts. Speaking of charisma, you know who lacks that? Jimmy Butler. 
Mm. Jimmy Butler is a so folks. Let me lay this out for you. Let me let me let me explain. Jimmy Butler is such a good player, such a bad person. What he is. <laughs> let me lay it out for you guys. LD is the Minnesota Timberwolves fan, as you all know. Not a member. I cannot fan. wait to get Demarco on my side for this. But Demarco is not on your no, side. Nick Demarco is the one person with one. me on Jimmy Butler. You should have brought in a, a teammate. I hate Jimmy Butler, ladies and gentlemen. And, and I, I mean, I don't know how you can hate him, especially when the Sixers had him. And don't say you're a freaking Grizzlies fan. I know I'm you're not, a Sixers fan. I've never fan. been a Grizzlies fan. I'm a Timberwolves fan. You think I'm a Grizzlies fan for some reason. You're a Sixers fan, and you I, know I it. You can't deny it. I, I am yes. a Sixers fan, but I'm a Timberwolves fan first and foremost. And when Jimmy no. came to no. Minnesota, he Lies. ripped he ripped the heart and soul out of a bunch of children who loved the game of basketball. And then when he went to Philadelphia, the Nick Vespies and the bullies and the dictators and the bad, bad men of this world sat there and they applauded Jimmy Butler. And they said, way to go, Jimmy. Let's go, Jimbo. Keep ruining the futures of the youth of America with your own negativity. And guess what? These people, these Nick Vespies of the world, they stuck their heads into the sand like ostriches. And they said, oh, Jimmy loves us. Jimbo's arm. Jimmy Jimmy, he's our man. If he don't do it, no one can. They said he was going to live. They said that he was going to be the next Betsy Ross. He was going to be such a Philadelphia staple. And guess what he did? The first chance he could, he spat in the eye and he left for South Beach. Nick Vespi, defend your beloved Jimmy Butler. Okay. Um, Brett Brown is an absolute idiot. Because he didn't want Jimmy Butler on that team. And Brett they Brown's dad is one of the most famous water polo coaches in all of New England. So just know who you just talk shit on. And, and a New England staple for water that's polo. That's fine. Uh, Jimmy Butler and the Philadelphia 76ers with Embiid and Simmons and Boba Manjanovic and Tobias Harris looked so good that year. Uh, outside of a miracle Toronto bounce, they probably would have been in the championship that year. And I think they could have beat a broken Warriors team. And all those pieces together fit so well. And also, uh, barring a, a, a Embiid being out for sickness and like playing sluggishly through that series, that team with Jimmy Butler was so good. And I don't understand how the organization was like, you know what? We're going to go with Brett Brown here. He's our guy. And we're going to dump Jimmy Butler uh, because he's he's hard to manage. Um, when If you listen to the J.J. Redick podcast with uh, Butler, who is also on the team, uh, Butler's sitting in these meetings and they're watching these uh, this film and nobody's saying anything. There is no accountability um, with Brett Brown. And Butler's like, I'm never coming to one of these meetings again because we didn't accomplish anything. We just watched all this stuff. Nobody spoke up. Nobody said a word. And I'm just sitting here with a thumb up my ass. And I'm like, well, let's actually win this game. Let's let's be a championship caliber team, which they had the pieces to do. Why, and why I, why I don't blame him for leaving at all. I don't why, blame him for leaving at all. Why didn't Jimmy Butler just speak up in that meeting if you wanted somebody to speak up into that meeting? I thought he was a big leader. He is like the third guy that should be. Oh. He's the last guy that should be saying something. If you're there with, 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 with the why coach. Why would be the last guy? Because because there's a coach who should be talking first and foremost, sure. and then Definitely. there's the two people who are oh. in that organization who have been there, for, like the who have grown no. up in it, in Simmons no. and Embiid, and they're just sitting there like Jimmy little Butler's kids. He's a dog. He's a winner. He's a leader. He's a fighter. he is a leader, and everything oh, well, that apparently he, he is, and apparently Ben Simmons and Joel Embiid were the leaders of everything that he did in the Heat situation. 
to bring the, them to it was a fake um, title. It was the bubble title. They'll never make a title. Oh again. my god, that was probably one of the hardest titles I I think in in That's recent because you're memory. Also a LeBron, you're a LeBron Jimmy Butler guy. Of course, the bubble title uh, was the hardest title anyone's ever won. I love LeBron James. I think he's the goat, but that LeBron doesn't matter. Well. I don't think he's the goat, but I, I do love LeBron. Yeah, but, but way, like it needs to be more of a movement. Why does anyone who doesn't think LeBron's the goat just like, oh, well, I hate him? Like, he just be like, ah, oh, that guy's like second best all time. You know what I mean? I don't know. And I, but like the thing with Butler, I think he proved everything that. Um, I said about him, yes. No, he proved that. Yeah, right. he, he can bring you to a championship alone. And if you have those pieces in Philly on top of him, yeah, that looks like a dynasty. No. And I, I just don't get how they, how at like the front office of that Sixers team could look at all the players in the building there and say, let's secure these three guys, hopefully Tobias as well, because Tobias has been playing really well this year. And he like played Bias. well that year too. I like Tobias. I like but to, to be like, okay, yeah, Brett Brown is the guy that we want to move forward with. That makes no sense to me. Jimmy Butler is an amazing player. I don't know how you could debate that. Because he stinks. Brothers team to a championship. Two questions left for you. First off, fuck Mary Kill, Michael Scott, Jeff Winger, Ross from Friends. Ah, oh, okay. I think I think you marry Michael Scott because okay. he's the because he's the funniest guy there, and he's gonna yeah. he, he's gonna be Isis. the biggest biggest goofball. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know what? I would probably fuck Ross because he would no, be there for Jeff Winger. So much he would be there for the cuddles post. Sex. Okay, are we talking about a relationship or fucking? Jeff Winger, like his whole thing is the fact that he like cares more about his body than anything else. Well, I, yeah, I mean, like if you want to just you know bang and dip, then yeah, yeah, Jeff. Wingman. Yeah, but I think I would probably you know post sex. I like a little cuddle, so that's now, why me, I'm going with Ross. Now, lastly, let me wrap this podcast up with this, Nick Vespi. Nintendo. That was a great question. That was a great question. What's going on, Nintendo? Well, they, well, they just released uh, uh, this new added element to a remake called Bowser's Fury that looks really cool. Where well, Mario, remake. Mario, and um, Bowser Jr. are actually teaming up because Bowser got all like upset or something, and he turned into this like giant Godzilla-like monster. What remake is that for though? There, there was this game called Mario 3D World on uh, Switch. Uh, no, it was on uh, the Wii U. And the Wii U sold really poorly. So Nintendo's been rolling out a lot of their uh, Wii U U games onto the Switch, um, which is kind of annoying for diehard Nintendo fans who had a Wii U and had all those games because it's like, well, can you give us something new, you know? But but then they added this little Bowser's Fury on top of it, so that's a nice little cool. you know bonus. Who who is the last character added to Super Smash Brother? Who is the next character to be added to Super Smash Brothers? The latest character was Sephiroth, Sephiroth from uh, Final oh, Fantasy. Man. It was a really cool trailer. In Final Fantasy or in uh, yeah. Smash, no. Oh, he is very badass. He's he's very fun to play as. He has amazing range. Um, his moves are super cool. And I'm not an anime guy, but um, you am. know, he was. Uh, he, I think that's an amazing ad. And the next character, bet on this right now. It's gonna be Rayman. Yeah, Rayman for like Smash. Ray- well, I mean, you were on Banjo and Kazooie and King K. Rule, were you not? I was. I was big on Banjo Kazooie. I got a little figurine right here that holds my phone at night and my controllers. Um, yeah, ban- Banjo Kazooie uh, is the single greatest mascot of our generation. Now, what could you say uh, to the old disciples out there about my ability in Super Smash Brothers as my main Morton? I would say you're you're good. 
You're Great definitely Morton. a good. What about when I get the Morton bots going? Yeah, the Morton bots. Uh, you're a good uh, compliment to uh, to uh, me as a uh, leader of the team. Nick is better than me at Smash Brothers. I'm better than him at arguing sports things such as Eli Manning, Jimmy Butler, and Lane. I mean, let the people decide that. I think right, I was we'll uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Definitely put out a poll and be like, who whose side do you stand on? All right, man. Well, thank you very much for uh, joining me this week. You know, this was uh, so fun. We yeah, gotta dude, do this again. Great time, definitely, definitely. We'll have to do like a big pop culture episode soon because oh, we'll I, I would love that more community with you. But uh, I know you you gotta gotta get going soon. So yeah, I gotta record the the Rams brothers the pod uh, soon. Yep, which, so which we'll be shouting out with this. So uh, thank you thank very you. much for joining me, Nick. Uh, let of the course, man. Win this weekend. Just so you know, I will be diving into the Ocean City Bay tomorrow in a bathing suit in honor of the frozen tundra of Green Bay. So I'd be pretty worried about that if I were you. I love that. I love that. <laughs> I, I, I'm going to be wearing Ram stuff. I, I have a uniform combination. Uh, it's an Animal Crossing sweatshirt. Ooh, and then it. I put my um, uh, my uh, Robert Woods jersey on and gray sweatpants. So I'm in the full bone attire. And uh, we haven't lost a playoff game since I wore that. So that's pretty cool. Send me that a picture of that Animal Crossing hoodie. I want to see that. It's so it's so nice. I will absolutely send you a picture. Awesome. Well, thank you for joining us, Nick. And thank you guys, the Elder Disciples, for tuning in yet again. Enjoy your divisional round of the NFL season and tune in next time.